and welcome or welcome back if you are a regular Comey to the Comb Education Podcast, Let's Talk Hair. Uh, my name is Aras. I'm your host. I'm your fellow uh, industry peer, been in this industry for a long time. Um, and I've shared over the past that this podcast has been a passion project of mine to help uh, level up this industry. And one of my missions is to inspire and empower through my own learnings. Now, as this podcast has grown and as we've gotten a lot more of you kind of tuning in on a regular basis, um, I've I've wanted to expand. So up to this point, it's basically been me giving you guys a little bit of education, little nuggets of gold throughout these episodes. But the fact of the matter is there are some things that I am just not good at, that I am not well versed in, that is not my strong point. And so what I've done over you know the course of the last few months is I've met some pretty incredible people in our industry that are really thriving in areas that are valuable to us as hairdressers that I can't really coach and teach on. And so I am like stupidly excited for the guests that I have on today. If you have been on social media and you go onto your For You page, chances are there has been at least one point in time where you have seen um, this person's content. And so the Instagram handle is the millionaire hairstylist, right? Millionaire hairstylist. And um, the the person who's behind that uh, page, his name is Cash. And that is your real name, right? That's my real name. <laughs> That's so fitting. It is so Yeah, so it's ridiculous. Um, so I'm going to pass it over to you, Cash, if you can do just a quick introduction um, and just a little story about you, because I think it's so fascinating in, in reading up on you and like listening to your previous podcast episodes, I'm just like, you're pretty cool. So give, give, give us a <laughs> background if you want. Well, yeah, unfortunately my name is Cash. It is weirdly coincidental, this whole millionaire hairstylist thing and the, my, my, uh, you know, audacious and theatrical name. Okay. Um, I feel, I feel like my name is bigger than my personality, but um, I, I'm a hairdresser and uh, I'm a retired hairdresser, which is a very rare thing. And uh, I haven't very, met very many retired hairdressers. Um, and so there, there's a, there's just, um, there was an amazing, amazing moment in my life where I was homeless and a family took me in and put a roof over my head, clothes on my back. They said, you're gonna get a job. You're gonna do these amazing uh, things like uh, reading books and going to school and getting a job, you know, all, all this all this stuff, all the serious stuff in life that, that I was apparently uh, really ill-fitted for. <laughs> and um, it was hugely helpful. So I started reading books and I started learning and I got a job one day a week at a salon, making six bucks an hour, front desk. And I was thrilled. I had some, you know, direction, some purpose. And, um, I decided right then and there, like I saw how happy hairdressers were and I was magnetized to hairdressers' personality, you know, their their confidence. And so I thought, you know what, worst case scenario, I could probably go make 40 grand a year doing this and like, I'll be okay. You know, I'll be okay. It's kind of what all, all I was looking for at the time. And so um, I just set out a goal for myself and I thought, you know, I never want to go back to this embarrassing, really difficult situation that I have found myself in. And um, I, I would like to be able to take care of myself and, and eventually maybe a family. And so I, I set a goal. I said, if, you know, if in five years I'm not making $100,000 a year or I'm not stupidly happy, loving what I'm doing, making nothing, but just loving what I'm doing, only at that point can I quit if I'm not hitting either of those goals or even both of them. And so I wrote that down. There were so many times in beauty school, I was like, forget this. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? I'm sure. <laughs> While washing a plastic head for the millionth time. And um, and so I just, I worked at the salon all day, seven to four. I went to school five to 11. And I went home and watched haircutting DVDs from the box at Walmart from the Clippers <laughs> I got. Yeah. I, I mean, there was, there was no YouTube, you know, back then. And so I, I just learned everything I possibly could um working as hard as i possibly could to be the best i could and, and that wound me up uh you know taking some risks uh, i almost had zero dollars left got a random chance to uh to go to new york and and uh and work and i took it showed up with pretty much nothing and um i started working with sally hershberger and uh in her salon in new york it was her the meatpacking salon doesn't exist anymore but uh it was a, it was a great experience and that was just the beginning of, of how difficult <laughs> i found out that you know i was not a great hairdresser 
And um, I, I really needed a, a lot more work than I thought I did. But man, I, I, I really put it in and I worked hard and eventually became uh, a, a session stylist. I worked on fashion magazines, and, uh, dozens of magazine covers and celebrities and events and, you know, from like the Jimmy Fallon show and the late night show and traveling all over and eventually wound up flying over a hundred times a year servicing clients uh, that I've had for years, like Justin Bieber, work with Kylie Jenner, Bella Hadid. And, um, and so I, I got to work with some amazing, amazing people and, and not just celebrities, but um, CFOs, COOs, CMOs. Like I started working in the corporate world quite a bit too. Um, and that was intentional. A lot of people find, find that boring. And I, and I did too, and until I started talking with these people and they started becoming some of my business mentors. And some of the lessons I learned from them were absolutely life-changing. And some of these people are still mentors of mine today. And these are millionaires and billionaires who uh, woke me up to the power that we hairdressers have in our businesses. And so that is what I, I do now. I've built several multi-million dollar businesses across the real estate industry, the e-commerce industry, the um, education industry, and um, <clears throat> and the automotive industry. So uh, and it's almost lost lost track there. But um, I found a, a model. I built a business and, and turned it into a multi-million dollar business and built another one and another one. And I thought, okay, I can do this over and over and over again. There's a there's a system here. There's a model here for doing this. And um, and because uh, because of that, I thought, you know what? We hairdressers are so uniquely positioned to take advantage of massive financial success. We just don't know uh, a lot of the things that we have at our fingertips. We're just, we're just not aware, just like I was not aware. And so that's kind of uh, my newest venture, my newest business, The Millionaire Hairstylist, has been so challenging, mm -hmm. yet on the other side of that, so rewarding as I see hairstylists now starting to learn some of the things that I was taught and starting to, you know, uh, flourish in, in different ways, you know, financially. Yeah, I think it goes back to just finances in general, money management, money consciousness. Not only is it not taught in school, like traditional high school, college, it's definitely, definitely not even glazed over in cosmetology school. And so I think what I found is kind of like what you said, right? As an industry, we are uniquely positioned um, because it really is a no ceiling limitless industry. You know, the limits that we face, we impose on ourselves because why is it that some hairdressers are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and some hairdressers are making $40,000 a year? There is something there that is different. And I think, and you correct me, this is my opinion, it comes down to not only mindset, but having the tools and the strategy. But one of the things that um, Cash and I were talking before I started recording this is that, you know, being in this industry for over 20 years, I have seen hairstylists make stupid amounts of money, like balling out of control, hundreds of thousands of dollars flying all over the place, like being like goals, right? And then within a few years, go back to working in a regular salon, and all the money is gone, nothing to show for it. And so one of the reasons I was drawn to what, what Cash and the Millionaire Hairstylist is talking about is it's not just about making great money behind the chair, but how can you then take that, like you were saying, Cash, and, and, and utilize it to get your bigger goals, right? Like, because you can, if you're a hairstylist who's making over six figures right now and you don't have a plan and a strategy, and I don't know what all cash talks about, but I know there's got to be a plan. If you don't have one, you're going to lose it because I've seen, haven't you seen that cash where like not even just in hairdressers, people get wildly successful and then lose it. Like my dad has been a millionaire three times. And currently mm. in his life, he is living on WIC and social security and has nothing. So like mm. when you're not immune to it, if you're making great money right now, cool. But like, you got to be smart about it, right? Like, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, you, you make some great points. And I, I kind of talk about money in, in, as a relationship a lot. And I think it's a good parallel because um, a lot of times we are we are in this relationship with money. And if you're watching this, you know, you're listening to this. 
you've spent some money. You've had an encounter with money. And money is probably uh, a, a deeper relationship than you might think. Um, if, you, if you've ever opened your bank accounts and, and had a feeling like, ooh, uh-oh, a sinking feeling or, or, or a little bit of fear about money, maybe there was an opportunity for you to spend money and you just never pulled the trigger, a little bit of you know, um, procrastination or fear, or maybe you, you started earning a lot of money and you got excited. You started getting these emotional reactions. Um, this relationship with money and understanding this relationship is the absolute foundation for uh, what the rest of your financial life will look like. And, and we bring, you know, you'll kind of see like in the people we date or the relationships we have, we'll see patterns. It's, you know, we, we kind of attract patterns with our behavior um, and the way that we see things. And so I say money is a relationship because when you, um, when you abuse money, and I, I recently did a little post on this, and just when you abuse money, use it the wrong way, it will leave you and eventually not come back. If you don't let it grow and, and do what it needs to do to help the world and, and serve more people, it will leave you and go to someone else who will. Yeah. If you ignore it, you can ignore your spouse or your partner, like eventually that relationship is going to die. So what we feed grows and what we starve dies. And I think a lot of times we just have this relationship with money where it stresses us out, brings us down a little bit, Maybe we're not as good at it as we thought we would, uh, th- thought we sh- think we should be. Maybe we say things like, I need to be, I need to be budgeting more. I need to be saving more. You know, we and we should, should, should. Money. They hoard yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And one of my mentors told me once, he said, money is a currency. Think about it. It is a current. It needs to flow. If you just hoard it and it stays stagnant, there's no flowing happening. And so I was telling Cash earlier, like, I'm great at spending money, but I'm also great at making money. So it is a nice flow of currency. It's not just sitting stagnant. Um, yeah. So I love what you said about, yes, it is a relationship and you have to respect it, right? You have to respect your relationship with money and also know, even just be aware of what your relationship with money is. Right. Just even turning that light bulb on of like, oh, I have resistance when I open up my mobile banking app or, oh, shit, I don't, you know, and and furthermore, to actually be okay with talking about it. I feel as an industry, whether we're trying to be um, what's the word I'm looking for, like we're trying to be wholesome or we're trying to be like humble it's so okay to have big money goals and to claim those big money goals. You speak these things into existence. If I never made a goal to, to have an over six figure income, I don't think I would have had it. Right. Like I would have stayed at the 40, 50, but I spoke it and I talked about it and, and I made those goals. And I think, I don't know if you've seen that in our industry, but people don't talk about I don't, is it an embarrassment? Is it a humbleness? Is it a, what do you think it is? Oh, it's fear. Well, not, well, for a few reasons. And I've interviewed uh, a lot of hairstyles, uh, you know, a lot um, because I did a lot of market research for how I could most serve uh, creative entrepreneurs. And I think one of the, one of the common, not I think, one of the common threads was that no one wants to look like an idiot. And so we avoid talking about topics we know we're not amazing at, right? We're so happy and confident to talk about things that we're competent in. But a lot of us feel like we are not competent uh, in finance, economics, business, and investing as hairstylists. And, um, you know, you, you know, a lot of people could probably talk all day about line graduation, cutting techniques, color techniques, color theory, formulation. Um, you could probably talk all day about interior design too, as, as salon owners and things like that. Um, and you could probably talk all day about the food you love, you know, the places you want to go. Those are great things to talk about. And they're, they're amazing. There's nothing wrong talking about those. But I think one of the reasons we avoid this is because of the um, one fear. We don't want to seem stupid. We're not experts on the topic. So we kind of put it away. But two, there's a big social, you know, um, uh, yeah, I guess like uh, there's a social side to it in which, if you, you you don't want to be the person who walks into the room and looks money hungry, right? You know you don't want to be in your group of friends and and seem like you care too much about money because rich people have this stigma. There's there's a stigma. The judgment, there's, there's, right a, there. there's a there's a stereotype, right? Which is so dumb, in my <laughs> opinion. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, 
I think it's it, I think it's natural and normal for for us to try to find patterns in life. And so, when we see some patterns, we see some rich assholes. Oh, there's plenty of rich assholes in the world, right? I, I mean, I know I know rich assholes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I also know really great, wonderful rich people. Awful people, yes. I I know poor assholes, mm-hmm. and 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 I know you know I know um. People in all different walks of life who are great and who are not so great, not my favorites. And it's not because of the money in their bank account. No, it, I really haven't found any correlation to money making you an asshole. It just, I think a lot of people have said it just kind of gives you a bigger microphone, bigger platform to show that you're an asshole from. So <laughs> I think um, we, we avoid these because we don't want to be seen a certain way. There's a big stigma about being wealthy or chasing money or looking money hungry. And, um, and I want to just, just tell people, one, if you have a goal of being a multimillionaire, billionaire, th- there's nothing wrong with that. Just remember, money is only good for the good it can do. And so chasing money for the sake of money is your prerogative. Uh, there's nothing – I may, I may, I may you know, chase, chase after other things and someone else might chase after another thing. Um, I just think that if someone's got goals and they're trying to go somewhere and they want to accomplish something, money is one of the most powerful tools that we can use to accomplish those things. If you want to, you know, start a charity, if you want to open a new business, if you want to serve more people, I mean, think about this. Who serves more people? You or Google on a daily basis? Look how many, look how much money Google makes, right? You or Amazon. It's whoever's serving the most people is just going to draw the the greater amount of money typically. And so when we, when we align our desires to ask the question, how can I serve more people? What, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Money typically comes to you. Oh, yeah. People, people, yeah, it's just, it's a weird, it's like a law of the universe or something. I don't know. I don't have an answer for why that happens, but um, I think the first, the first place to start though is to one, stop, stop shooting on yourself. Like I should do this. I should be better with money. I should do that. You don't need that. None of that negative talk is going to help you become any better at anything. It's you know, no, no, actually. it will. It absolutely does. So yeah. No, nobody has like risen to the, your expectations under the weight of your criticism and you won't either. Yeah, exactly. And so you keep crushing your kid, but like you suck, you suck, you suck. You should be this. Like, what do they do? They suck. They suck. suck. Absolutely. So I think we just need to recognize we are where we are with, with, with what we have. What can I do today that would improve myself? What can I do tomorrow that would improve myself? What can I invest in today that would improve my education? What can I do? What relationship can I enter that would help me make better choices? This, those are better questions than I should have better relationships. I should be better with money. That's the first place to start. Just, just improving that relationship with your money and giving it some attention. When you want to improve your relationship, you sit down with the person and you start learning about them yeah communicating what do you yeah you need, it's no different with money. what's going on <laughs> absolutely no different like with money a plant or a kid like you neglect it you don't think about it it dies and yeah. so i loved your your analogy of money being a tool because i think a lot of us and i was like this at one point where i was like i don't want to talk about how much money i make because people associate if i want to be a millionaire they're they're going to think that i'm some bougie I want designer but like one of my goals yeah. is to literally go on GoFundMe and randomly give away ten thousand dollars over and over and over again so it's not this self-fulfilling arrogant prophecy it's it's what good can I do with it and I think what you brought up was so good of like instead of shooting on yourself right nobody likes to be shit upon don't shit yeah. upon yourself that's past thinking the questions that you are prompting us to ask is more forward thinking. And just that alone will create a shift. Yeah. Right. And then yeah, you absolutely. start paying yep. attention to the little synchronicities, the little things that change your perspective, um, your patterns. They just, it, it slowly begins to unravel. And then, like you said, as a law of the universe, you'll see that you're going to start attracting randomly. Um, you might meet a client who is, <clears throat> A financial planner. You might meet a client who's a CFO and has great opinions and 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 tips for you. Like when you're open minded, but when a lot of us stay very closed minded and very like this is how I am, this is the way things are. Like you're not letting any 
opportunity of a potential to even come near you, you are going to tank, right? You're not going to not only sustain, you're not going to rise, you're going to fall, right? There's either growth Mm -hmm. or decay. There is no coasting. There is no, I'm chilling. You're growing or you're not. That's right. Yeah, (laughs) that's very true. It's that way. So I love that you coach on the opportunity of being a millionaire. And I think a lot of us have barely wrapped our minds around being making over a hundred thousand dollars a year that holy shit, a million? How am I gonna make a million dollars cutting and coloring hair? Unless I think cash like was calculating it and like after taxes and expenses, you have to make eight thousand dollars a day, 365 days a year. Highly uh, unlikely. So what uh if you can share a I know you have a course on this, which um we're going to talk about, but if you can share, like, what is it that can take somebody from six to seven figures? And also, um, you know, some success habits that we can start utilizing now to start shifting the way we look at money, to start uh, wanting to give the opportunity of attracting it. So what do you got? <laughs> yeah, one, um, shifting the mindset is is key, but you can't shift your mindset without being aware of what the uh, of mindsets that are good, right? You kind of, we don't really understand. We aren't always fully aware of the bad things we're saying to ourselves and the conclusions we come to in life that are wrong. And so when we believe wrong things, we make bad choices, right? Because we, we make choices from the things we believe are true. That's ground level. Number one, if you, you've got to change your mindset about finances and money. Would you when say you ch- a lot of this is subconscious that like, it's programming mm-hmm. that we have kind of like it's been instilled from our surroundings. And I think it was Dr. Joe Dispenza that said like 80% of the thoughts we think are the same exact thoughts every single day without even knowing it. So would you say it's more, it's subconscious, right? Like we have to actually take the time to listen to what are we thinking about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I think um, a lot of what we think about money uh, I would say most of what we think about money comes from our perception and sy- synthesizing the information we see in the world and saying, oh, okay, well, you know, rich person equals asshole. Seen that a few times. Okay. It's just synthesizing information and putting things together, making conclusions that aren't necessarily true. And so we always have to be asking, how do I know I'm right about this? And and what we often, what the easiest thing to conclude is develop an, is to develop an opinion rather than actually educating ourselves. So we have lots of opinions about money, but you can't cut someone's hair with opinions on how to cut hair. You have to go learn how to do it. Amen. Right? You can't you can't color someone's hair with your opinions. <laughs> you can say, I don't like that hair color, but you can't Oh, I wish I could. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I know we got, we got a lot of opinions. We got a lot, I got uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. And at a certain point, once you've established enough authority in your career, maybe you can make some money off your opinions yeah. by sharing those. But this um, is I have I, a podcast, Kat. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, if your opinions don't produce results for people, though, you're yeah. going to lose that audience, yeah, right? Yeah, it so will be gone. <laughs> we, have to, um, we have to address the way we think. But the way that I was able to do that is through learning and relearning money. Because, you know, I, I wasn't raised wealthy. I, I didn't know much about money. I actually didn't know anything about money. And I was about as bad as you could get with it because I was literally homeless I mean, smelling like piss, washing my clothes in a gym sink, um, you know, for for three months in Portland, Oregon. And, you know, uh, that might be um, might be cool nowadays. I I think we call that, you know, knows what's trending, you know, (laughs) hipster. But um, I don't know know about the smelling like piss, though. That's a little. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, Didn't work for me. I can tell you that. So uh, the, the, the first place I started was with education. If we don't learn about the way the world really works, the way money really works, the way the economy really works, um, then we don't know what decisions to make. And so it leaves us in this position of needing advice from people. And the number one question I get asked on, on Instagram or through DMs or on YouTube or whatever is, is this now is now a good time to invest in X? Should I invest in this? You know, what should I do with my money? I've never been very good with it. This is an advice seeking mindset. And I was in this mindset. I wanted advice from these mentors. I wanted them to tell me what to do with my money. And one of these people, uh, you know, said something that says, you know what, you've got this advice seeking mindset. You're looking for answers from someone else. But what that does is it puts them in a power position over you, right? So that's just, 
when someone gives you advice them when they're yeah. work out like cash told yeah. me to invest in this and i did and it tanked but you know like yeah that's not being <laughs> responsible that is so easily being able to be a victim and and putting it on somebody else which is like yeah. detrimental and it's also just the fast and easy track you just want the fast and easy result tell me what to do i know you know and inevitably you tell people what to do and they still don't do it so okay. don't waste your breath giving Absolutely. advice yeah instead um you know they said uh, have shift that advice seeking mindset to an education mindset you, you want to learn how to make your own choices and you have the power to go and make good choices over and over and over again for yourself that way you don't need me you don't need my advice you don't need you know to to rely on me and what if i'm wrong i don't know you you know you better than i than right. anyone else so and i don't know your circumstances i don't know what you're working with i don't know your programs it, yeah. like, it's similar with hair color where people will dm me and be like can you give me a formula and i'm like no I want to teach you how to figure out the formula on your own. Yes. <laughs> like, if I give it to you, yeah. what's the point? Yes, it's a right. quick, cheap fix, but like there's no learning. There's no development. There's no sauce in that. It's just, it's bland. Yeah. It's bland. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, that, that education is the, is the very pr- first place to start because once you know how to do something, you can start getting creative with it. And then you start recognizing, oh, there's an opportunity. You know what? I know what my required rate of return is to hit my goals. I want to be a millionaire in 10 years. And I know that what my income is. I know what, my, what I'm allocating to that freedom fund every single month. And you can start being very automated and predictive with your finances to where, like, I, I manage millions of dollars, like, in, like, 90 seconds a month. And it's, it's a lot of it is automated, right? And, and so when you start... And how much learning? Uh, oh get, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to just wake up tomorrow morning and be like, "Cash said I can automate this." So, uh, no, there's there's levels to this shit, guys. <laughs> yeah, there there is, and it just with your personal finances, the, the the place you start is if you can't manage small amounts of money, don't even tr- don't even think about managing large amounts of money. If you can't it just means thousand dollars a month, you're not going to manage a hundred thousand dollars a month. You can't. And the, and the world typically knows that, right? Someone wins the lottery, they get millions of dollars, it's gone pretty quickly, right? The, the universe, whatever you want to call it, it just knows, you don't know how to treat me, I'm out of here, right? Money, money knows yep. that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So um, when we tell money to go away with our spending habits, it will. And, and often it doesn't come back. So we, the, 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 the really like that foundational, uh, we call it level one, mastering your money. Is where you will learn how to manage re- really like responsibly and put your money on autopilot so that then you are ready to start bringing in a lot more money into that system to where you won't fall. And the, one of the analogies I use to kind of teach this, uh, this thought process is a lot of people ask, like, what should I invest in? And that's really starting in the middle of the journey, even closer to the end of money, you know, where you start putting money to work for you. So the first phase is that you work for money, right? We all work for money. We start young and we have a job. We do something and we get paid for it. This is the highest taxed money you can earn. It requires your time and your sweat. You know, it's earning money is the least desirable method. But, you know, you got to learn how to work for money Um, because if you don't have any, you can't put it to work, right? The second phase is when you start working with money. This is phase number two, it's called growth assets. This is when you start, you're still working for money, you're, you're still earning income, you still got money coming in, and you start taking some of that money and you start putting it to work alongside you just like an assistant. And now you've got somebody doing your blow dries basically, right? It's not, it's not saving you a ton of time, but you've got it's another helping. form of income. Yeah. So. And it's, it's nothing you can retire on, but now it's working with you in growth assets. So it's multiplying through compounding, it's cash flowing, it's growing in value, and you're doing that as you work. The money that you're earning from both of those now compounds and grows at a much faster rate because you have cash flow from your job, provides durability to your financial life. You've got growth assets. A growth asset is something we talk we teach in the course. It's just something that you own or control that grows in value that, and, and puts money in your pocket. You own these things, you buy these things with your money and they start producing results. And the final phase is getting money to work for you, which is passive income. Passive income, a lot of people wanna jump straight from earning to oh, passive. Yeah. How, can I get, how can I get to passive income? Well, I mean, if you only have $10,000 to your name, you put $10,000 to work, it's like putting someone's fing- pinky finger to work. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna do a whole lot for you, right? You, you might make uh, $40, $50 a month or something. Woo-hoo. But <laughs> Yeah, but, but when you really concentrate on phase one, 
working for money, maximizing your earned income, then moving to phase two, while you've maximized your earned income, you funnel your earned income into your growth assets. Your growth assets, your earned income are working together, speeding up the growth of your wealth. Then you allocate your money to passive income sources, and that is what creates financial freedom. It's a three-step model. This is exactly how, how millionaires and billionaires got to where they are, right? You and, know it's, and, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, when you say passive income, it is such a overused uh, phrase in not only our industry, but just in our world today. And I think what people view as passive income versus what passive income really is are two mm -hmm. completely different things. <laughs> passive income is not, you know, not a side hustle. Uh, yeah, it's not your side hustle. It's not your little MLM business. It's not like passive income is, 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 I think this is my goal for passive income where I don't have to trade my time for money and I can sustain the life that I want for myself with this passive income. It's not my extra, you know, 500 or $1,000 a month. It's actually more than what I could have created on my own trading my time for money. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, there's two ways to look at passive income. There's, there's the, I, the IRS way. Um, and there's certain uh, material participation. You, there's a level of participation you can take in any investment or or a business that would, the IRS would qualify as passive income. I'm not an attorney or a CPA or an RIA, so <laughs> I'm, not defi I'm not defining those things. I'm not going to take that risk. Um, I'll let those people do that. But the IRS defines it a certain way, right? And, and, that, and the way that they, they, um, they define it is how they limit your material participation in something. You, you're not allowed to sweat for it if it's truly passive. Now, the way that we talk about it at The Millionaire Hairstylist is that passive income is cash, actual money, not equity growth in like a house or something that, that grew in value. Cash that comes to you with very little time or effort, any, any of your time or effort having, any, having much to do with how much it's paying you, right? So it's passive. You're not doing much. Now, um, if you have something that you spend a few hours a week on, you know, and it's in your free time or, or you spend a few hours a month, we would call that pretty dang passive. Right. You, know? um, you don't have to be doing absolutely nothing because if, if you've got money out there working for you and you're never paying attention to, to check it. on it, yeah. Well, yeah, probably not a great idea. So, <laughs> um, but it just should be, it, should, it, it shouldn't be dependent on you go your effort and your and you adding more and your your time and your sweat and on your genius whatever um that's that's passive income but we we don't really we don't really need to allocate to passive income um until our we've accumulated a meaningful amount of wealth so we get into that wealth accumulation phase passive income is more in our wealth preservation phase so um that's, that's the point the of which generational wealth is created that is where you can make sure your kids and your grandkids are good. That's through that. But what I'm hearing and just from what I've seen is what your what you have available for us right now is this phase one foundational. Tell me a little bit about it. Like, what is this? It's an online course. I know you put a lot of time into it. You're telling me it took. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and side note, I was telling Cash, I have an online course and it is a bitch. Like, it is not <laughs> for the faint of heart. It is way more work than you could ever imagine. Is it worth it? Okay. Absolutely. But like, there's a lot that goes into it. So can you share a little yeah. bit about what that is? And then um, I have one more question for you after that. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the whole mission of the, the entire company is to to um, eliminate or eradicate the, this hair, hairdresser poverty. Um, and what we found was that, that with that mission, so many other creatives also wanted this. We've got nail techs taking the course. We've got photographers. Um, we, we have so many different types of people who, who need this education. And so it's not just for hairstylists, but level one. Um, is pretty much everything it took me 15 years to learn in four hours on managing the money I have and getting ready to invest. That, that's, it's removing all of the anxiety from your financial management, putting systems in place that manage your money so that you can know that what you're doing with your money is, is going to get you to your goal uh, at your expected goal date, at your expected you know goal net worth and target passive income. And so when you put a system to this, it's kind of like cutting hair. When you know what's, you know how to section it out, you know how to elevate it. And so now you can create a result 
in the future. An hour later, you have a haircut. It's very similar. It's the blueprint for managing your money and uh, and doing it like millionaires and billionaires do. Not budgeting, not you know saving money until you you know you have a little bucket of money not that you save you're... yourself to retirement, yeah. guys. It's not yeah. happen unless you literally spend no money. And you save every single, <laughs> and even then it's going to take you decades. No, it's not worth it. Yeah, <laughs> in my no, opinion. It's not worth it. So the course, the course is laid out because I, I wanted to start in the middle. I wanted to start right away with, well, how do I get money working for me? We laid the course out in three phases because we knew that the big mistake that hairstylists are making is that they want to go straight from earning money to getting money to work for them without even learning about how mm-hmm. money works. Yeah. There's levels yeah. to this shit. <laughs> yeah, there's levels. Exactly. You, do, you don't want to try to perform the Sassoon Bob until you understand how to cut a straight line, right? Right. So and I think for, for our industry and where we're at now, I think this post-COVID, I mean, it's kind of delayed, but it is this post-COVID industry where so many of us, so many hairdressers left these big corporate salons and now you're in a salon suite. So not only do you have to... <clears throat> figure out how to build your business and get clients in and make sure your retention rate is good. But now like you are your quote unquote own boss. So you have to understand that now is the time to build these successful habits and learn these processes and learn these strategies and implement them so that you're not 40 years into your career and your career tanks. Like Depending on where you're at, I'm sure your course will help anybody. But I think there's so many of us in salon suites right now who are so new to this business ownership that this is when you have to seek as much education as possible so that you don't build a faulty foundation that 10, 20, 30 years down the line will come crumbling down. You build a solid foundation now, you're going to thank yourself in 10, 20, 30 years. But if you don't, you're fucked. I'm sorry, but like, it's it's happened too many times. It's it's it it will happen to you, right? Yep. Yeah. No, you're you're dead on. You're dead on. The foundation love, is, is the. But this is all with yeah. love here, okay? It's gentle. Yeah. A little harsh, but it's it's for real. And I've seen it happen to too many people that I know. Um, and with the the power and the availability of social media and these classes to be online, like it's a no brainer to invest in yourself. And, and to those of you who are struggling with money, what I said earlier, what Cash was saying, you have to use it, right? So if you're struggling with money, that is a clear indication that you have to invest in yourself. That's how I look at it. Like if $400 or $500 or $1,000 seems too much, you have to, mm-hmm. right? That's what that was. It was for me. I remember <clears throat> like I did... There was years ago when there was this this course and seminar and it was a thousand dollars. I was like, I can't afford that. And the girl was like, then you have to do it. It's like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? And I was so mad at her. I was like, <laughs> F you, like, you don't know my situation. And she goes, no, trust me, you have to. And by fucking God, she was right. <laughs> she was right. Yeah. yeah. But I think that a lot of people think that they're spending a lot of money on certain things that, that it's, it's, you're not even touching the surface with investing in yourself. Um, I know that I, I used to think like, you know, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd purchase a course or something like that. And I'd spend four or $500 or maybe even a thousand and go, gosh, oh, I'm really investing in myself. And when you do spend that kind of money, you do get this thing, you, you start going, you start like looking for the gems and the yeah. diamonds and the things you can put to work. So it's important that you, you, you're invested in that education because you put in more effort. But I'm in a $20,000 class right now to learn one tiny little economic principle, you know, one, one little thing, $20,000 for one class. And, um, and I didn't really realize, didn't really um, realize a long time ago that, uh, oh my gosh, I was, I was really holding myself back by penny pinching with my education. I have never regretted taking a course because I suck the value out of every single thing I learned. Every mentor I've paid, coach I've paid, you know, class I've taken. I take every morsel of, of uh, information. And, absorb it. and like, and especially with online courses, like when I talk to hairdressers, like, I don't like online courses. I'm like, you are insane. You have that at your fingertips, typically for yeah extended period of time. I know what the fundamentals, it's lifetime access. I don't know with yours, if you have lifetime access or it's yeah. a, 
Yeah. So you can go back and rewatch over and over and over and consume it and lick it and like, just let it be a part of you that Mm -hmm. the idea of, I don't like online education. I'm like, wait, it's 2022. What do you mean? You don't like online education. There's, but I love what you said about investing in yourself because people will tell me, well, how come you charge so much for the fundamentals or why don't you just tell me how to formulate? If you don't have skin in the game, if you don't put put your money where your mouth is and if you don't invest, you're not going to hear anything. Cash mm-hmm. can tell you all he wants. Do this, do this, do this. If you didn't actually take that money and invest it, it's going to go right over your head. So there's a there's a reason why. Um, and it's same thing for you and your clients. Imagine if your clients came in and said, oh, well, can you just do my trim for free? Because it's it's just a trim. Fuck no. Like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> You're going to take advantage. So there's a reason why it's so important to invest in yourself. And remember that money is a currency. Um, and there's so many amazing opportunities now with social media where there's so many classes and so many successful people teaching what has worked for them. And if you find someone and their message resonates, invest you are not going to regret it and back to what i said if five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars is a lot that is a problem and you you are better than that you are way more worthy than that when you think about why you started your own business it wasn't to penny pinch and to live in poverty it was to have liberty to do what you want when you want how you want and you can build that right like i know i'm you can build that it's possible possible. Yeah, you're right. If you if you've got the mindset of, you know, um, obviously you have to, have to ask the question: Is this teacher a hack? Um, are they reputable? Are, is am I going to get value from this? Is it going to be helpful to me? And those are all things that we 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 ask in time. Anytime we engage anything, you know, if we buy something, is it quality? Those are good things to ask, and you should you know you do your research and find out if the person you're listening to is, is qualified and a and a, um, a a good source of information. Um, so when it comes to in, what you were saying, this mindset of investing ourselves, if we feel that $500 is sort of like a, mm, this is very expensive for me, or, or this is, this is, uh, tough for me. Um, there is probably no better investment at that point at which you could make, which you could make that would be better for you. There will be no higher return because if you haven't mastered small amounts of money, if you, if, if you haven't done that, taking that $500 and investing it in the stock market or into, into a real estate investment trust or giving it to an RIA or some guy that makes 80 grand a year who's going to tell you what you should do to become a millionaire, but he, he, he or she is not even themselves, right? Um, that, that's probably the worst thing, <laughs> you know, that, that people could do with small amounts of money. Like if you've got small amounts of money, uh, that do exactly what I did. I, I met with mentors. I offered to pay for time. I, I offered my services in exchange and barter uh, for for uh, advice and learning. Um, and I think a lot of us hairstylists were like, you know, you've got to pay me and there's no other currency that's that's worth anything. I don't barter. you got to pay my price. I didn't have that approach. In exchanging. Yeah, I just didn't take that approach. Yeah, yeah. And so people, I, I did a post that was like, hey, I exchanged my service in, in, in exchange for uh, wisdom and advice. And that worked out very well for me. Yeah, um, way more than that yeah. $300 would have for that haircut. Uh, yeah, <laughs> people were people were irate online. They're, you know, oh, how dare you degrade our uh, the value of our service. But if somebody said, hey, I'll give you a house for a haircut, Fuck yeah. shoot up. I'll take it. I don't need your no money. There's, there's, you. there's, there's, yes, exactly. There's so many forms of value. You just need to be able to have that open mindset to look for that value in exchange. Um, and so I'm, I'm all for bartering wisdom, uh, wisdom for my service when I was a hairstylist. So if that's, if you have a client that's a multimillionaire billionaire, um, and you want some advice, you just say, I'd love to, I'd love to spend some time with you. You may not, you know what? There was very one, maybe Maybe just one instance where someone actually took me up on the free. Right. I was just going to say, because I have some clients who are super, like they're these women and they're CEOs and they're like, oh my God, you are my goals. Right. And I've told them before, like, I've gotten so much value in our appointment. I'm like, I'm not even going to charge you for this. And they're like, are you kidding me? And they tip me even more. So it's like, yeah, (laughs) most likely. It's funny how that works, right? They're they're wealthy. Like to them, this 200, 300, $500 service is like, 
your $5 latte, right? It's, yeah. it's no sweat <laughs> off their back. So very yes. cool. So I want you guys, if you're listening, I'm going to post in the caption of this podcast, um, all of the links to cash, the website, the course, um, his Instagram, uh, give him a follow because there's little doses of like, oh shit, that's good. Or like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Um, and so I want you guys to definitely take a look if you haven't already. Um, and then the last one thing that I have for you, you did a reel on this and I want to just hear it in person really quickly. You can, you can kind of scoot through it. Um, six success habits. You had done this reel. I don't know if you remember them off the top of your head, but what are just, <laughs> no a, way. it's okay. <laughs> a few habits that we can start doing now. I mean, we already covered so much, right? Have an open mind, understand that money is a currency, invest in your education, be willing to barter for wisdom. Like there's so much, but off the top of your head, what are some instant things that when these people, whoever's listening, when you're done listening, that you're going to feel a little bit more empowered. You're going to feel a little bit more inspired, a little bit more like, okay, I can do this. So. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, oh yeah. We talked about several of them. Um, some, some of these, some of these mindsets are one, you got to speak kindly to yourself that, that you, you just got to start doing that. Stop, you know, speaking negatively to yourself. That's critical. Successful people have good conversations with themselves. A lot of times, obviously we have like successful people have high standards. They demand a lot from themselves, but demanding a lot from yourself doesn't mean talking crap to yourself. That's a very different thing. You can have high expectations and high standards, and that does not require you to beat yourself up. That's the first place to start. So second, have an open mind. Understand that you're probably wrong about a lot of things you believe in life, particularly <laughs> about money, uh-huh. right? And, and I, 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 am, I am too. I constantly, I tell, uh, you know, uh, one of my, my um, uh, basically vice president for, who oversees a lot of our companies, um, I, I tell him, always question me and ask, how do you know you're right? Because I'm, the, I'm this type that's like, yes, let's do it. Here, we're going here. We're doing this. I'm, I'm the visionary role. And so when, uh, when I, I can get into a role where I think I'm right, and I've got to constantly remind myself, how do you know you're right about that? Wow. Do you have the required education to be making decisions in this field? So what we have in our business is, is called this uh, believability rule, where uh, my wife is a, is a very um, wise investor, right? She buys millions of houses, mi- millions of houses, millions of dollars in houses every single cash? month. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Spend, spends millions of dollars a month, right? And and so um, when she is an expert in, in this particular area of investing, and so I listen to her and she sort of wins these um, these moments where it's like, I think we need to do this. I think the market's doing this. I'm seeing this type of movement in real estate and we need to reposition for this. She wins because she's more believable. Um, you know, she's in in this every single day now. We we started this together, but now I'm, I'm working on so many businesses. She's a really, really amazing expert in this. You know, and and um, and, I, and so I have I have people who uh, I have manufacturers in different countries, right? So I have a, have a multi-million dollar manufacturing business in, in the automotive industry, and uh, we've got hundreds of SKUs, lots of different machining and lasering and 3D printing and you know all this kind of stuff. I rely on people's, uh, people's believability to tell me, I don't walk in and go like, no, you need to print it like this. My job is just to ask questions and say, here's the goal I'm trying to achieve. What, what, what are your thoughts? What, what do you think we can do here? So be open-minded, especially when it comes to money. I share everything I know in four hours <laughs> in, in my level one course, everything it took me 15 years to trial and error. I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on my education, probably more than it would have cost me to go to Harvard. Uh, in, in classes and in education and learning things. I've lost tons of money making mistakes. And so uh, you can save yourself a lot of time by just going and learning the basics, finding the blueprint. So that leads us to the next mindset, models. So right, this we have this three pillar idea at the Millionaire Hairstyles, mindset, models, and money. Models is the second one. After we get these mindsets, we go to models, which is find the blueprints out there from the people who have done it before you. Save yourself the time and the hassle. reinvent the wheel. And I see... The, the need to be creative, <clears throat> excuse me, and to be unique and to be different. But there are people who have done what you want to do successfully. You yeah. can follow in their footsteps and bring your creativity to it. You do not have to reinvent the wheel spending years and thousands of dollars. Like, right? Is that yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't get creative first. Master the models. I love like that. Stand on the Stand on the shoulders of giants. Once you've mastered the models, now it's time to get creative. Because when you get creative first, 
you, you're, you're going to just do trial and error, right? <laughs> you, you hope something works, you think something will work, and you're probably going to be wrong like I am most of the time. So I, I, uh, I suggest, I highly suggest, um, I implore you to do it for yourself. Invest in your education and you go, oh, gosh, yeah, course, cash. You're selling an online course teaching about money. Of course, you're going to tell me to invest in my education. Yes, I yeah. am. And I tell my kids the same thing. And I, and I have no shame about it. I wouldn't make this product if it wasn't impactful. I have plenty of passive income. I have plenty of money. <laughs> this, this, is something, this is something I'm very, very passionate about teaching. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm very, very passionate about doing it. But I'm also a for-profit business that I can grow and do, do this more, right? There's no shame. I have no shame in making money from this and, and telling you guys, you've got to do it. Invest in yourself. And I just wish I'd listened to my mentors and I wish I'd taken those classes sooner uh, from, from, the, from the, the people that I've learned from. It just would have saved me a lot of time and money. So um, I think after, after you've mastered the models, the basics of, uh, of uh, you know, um, how to do these things, then it, it's master your money. You know, take, take some time to understand the way the world works and the world works with money. <laughs> you can look at, you can always follow the money, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this is, um, there is nothing, um, there's nothing that made me feel more powerless when um, I was at the mercy of uh, this family that, that took me in and I, I had to have their money to just have a normal living standard. And I never wanted to go back to that. Never wanted to go back to that. And so I passionately pursued understanding how I could take care of myself and do well in the world. And then I learned some some principles and rules about economics and, and and how policy can immediately change our industry it can immediately change the way you make money right we all discovered that in 2020 right mm -hmm. a small policy change Done. completely changed your economics and um, and that others was a thrived. others fucking yes but the oh, majority yeah. of the industry was like whoop fuck that yeah. and so many people yeah. left so to yeah, be a victim does. of those circumstances, like it doesn't have to be that way. No, no. And, and um, when you understand the way that when you understand basic economics and you understand the basics of uh, monetary policy, how, how money works, how money is multiplied, how the Fed, you know, manipulates the market by pulling the levers of interest rates and, and quantitative easing. These might sound like overwhelming topics, but they're actually really simple. And they're very And important. learning them. They're very important to know, very important to know. Because when you know them, you start looking at the world and opportunities very differently and, you, and opportunities start coming out of everywhere. Then you start seeing them because you, you see possibility. You just go, I understand how this works. Like I see possibility. Just like when you look at a head of hair, when you understand the possibilities, man, it just starts becoming very fun. Yeah, and I think guys, like as, as, as something that I've seen, and this is just my perspective in the industry, we all are, are, our claim to fame is we are creative, we are artists, we are not business people, we are not CEOs. God forbid I go get a nine to five, like I need my artistic creative. And then when it comes to stuff that Cash is talking about, a lot of us are like, whoop, absolutely not, don't wanna hear it, it is not in my realm, <laughs> I am a creative. I can't understand. And I was like that too. Luckily, my husband is in finance and has like schooled me and educated me. And it's not as overwhelming as it sounds. These are really big words for us creatives, but it's it's the way the world works. So if you want to be a successful person, hairstylist, whatever, if you you have to, it's not even a, oh, maybe one day. No, like you have to understand these things at least to some degree, if you don't want to be a washed out hairdresser or if you don't want to be 90 and never retire, like Cash said at the top of this episode, how many hairdressers do you know that are retired comfortably in the state that they wanted to retire in? Very, very little. And I always thought I had yeah. to work till the day I died. And I see yeah. now that there is another opportunity. There's other ways around it. And so my the completely unsolicited advice, the reason I brought cash on is because he understands this shit way more than I could ever imagine at this state that I'm at now. But the only <clears throat> unsolicited advice that I have is, is just to understand that you don't have to be closed off to this whole world, that this whole world, it bleeds into our creative world. And so don't scoff at, those are big words, financing, portfolio, stocks, but like, it's not <laughs> that, it's not that complicated. 
and we are smart. Like we can get it. I promise you. And I'm pretty sure um, cash has a shit ton of value in this first course. I can't wait to see what you create even beyond this. Um, I know that for me, I'm just inspired consuming your content that you post for free. So I could only imagine what is in this course. And so highly, highly encourage if you haven't yet, um, just take a look at what's available out there for you. Uh, I always say your future self just might thank you. Um, you know, what I've done with the fundamentals, what what Cash has done with the, the millionaire hairstylist is saving you years of learning lessons the hard way. So what we were talking about earlier, like don't reinvent the wheel. Like there are uh, resources out there that's going to save you those years. And then you're educated, you're informed, and then you can make an informed decision instead of banking on somebody else on the internet giving you advice. Same thing with hair color. Yeah. I always say, don't ask the internet for advice. Learn it on your own so that you're empowered to make these choices and even more so with money. So um, with that, I know you got to go. I just want to just say thank you so much, Cash. Um, we have never met. I randomly shot my shot on Instagram. I was like, hey, love your content. Do you want to come on on my podcast? And he, you agreed. And I'm just so grateful because I think there was so many nuggets of gold here for me. So I can only imagine how much is is going to be impactful for, for those of you that are listening. I hope that this was as valuable for you as it was uh, for me, because I think money is so important. And I think we need to take away the taboo of money and 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 make it part of our conversations it's it's okay so with that cash i want to say thank you i don't know if you want to close it out with anything but i appreciate you thank you you did a fantastic job closing it out <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think this, this is really fun thank you so much for having me i, I uh letting me talk about you know the topic i'm i'm crazily addicted to which is just uh growing and understanding how the world works and how money works how business works and and i think um, if we hairstylists can shed this identity that because we're artists, we can't be good with money or we can't be good with business or we can't be good at that and shed this sort of polar view on the world uh, that if we're one thing, we can't be another, then uh, I think we'll have, we'll have the open mind to really make some change in the industry yeah, because this industry, uh, I'll leave you with this. Hairstylists are uniquely positioned over so many other careers for massive financial success. And there's really three big reasons why that, that we can take advantage of. And that's one, our time. We have flexibility and control over our time a lot of times. And where if, you have a, if you're a fireman, you don't get that, right? You know, if you're an accountant, you don't get that working for a big firm. Two, we have access to real estate within our business. We have a massive asset within our industry through the power of real estate. And I teach that in the course as well. We also have the huge upside of equity in our business. If we're hairstylists that own our business, that you know that you can like immediately double your access to capital if you're like, I don't have enough money to invest. If you have equity, receivables, things like this in your business, you can probably have access to a lot more money through lines of credit, borrowing and putting other people's money to work. And three, your database. Your database goes way beyond your ability to service it with your sweat. Building a big, big, big database of people that you can not only serve, but sell products to, sell information to, and add value to much larger audiences. We have this power through Instagram and through our clientele that we can build huge audiences as hairstylists, as creatives. And it's a very, very powerful level to, lever to pull when, when building our wealth and getting money working with us. So those are just those are just three, four small things out of the dozens of opportunities that we hairstylists have. We just have to know how to do it. So yeah, we're probably not even awake to that. Like a lot of us don't even don't even realize that. And I think ultimately just this is a limitless industry. Yeah. Anything is possible. Um Literally, your biggest goals, your wildest dreams can happen. And it's not a luck thing. It's not a God favored or universe favored. It's none of that <laughs> shit. Yeah. It is a where's no. your mind? What are you doing? Strategy process. What like you have to do it though. You can't just sit there and be like, okay, I'm gonna be a millionaire and like expect God to come give you a check. Like but, but the key is that there is no difference between the very, very wealthy, successful people in the world and you outside of what's between your two ears, right? 
what is in between your two years? What is your programming? What is your perception? And what are you going to do to make yourself better? Because it's possible. It is absolutely Mm -hmm. possible. With that, Cash, I appreciate you. Thank you for everyone who's listening. Just make sure to check at the bottom of the caption of this podcast. I will put all of Cash's resources on there. Um, And until next time, thank you. Thank you, Cash. I appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Bye.